Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller along with Robert Glasscock. And I think by now you've heard enough from what we've been talking about here that loaded up in that little wheel is a magnitude of information about our path here on Earth. It's also loaded with guidance for our path, like we talk about in the Horary course, which is available on the FunAstrology.com website. So it doesn't matter how you slice and dice it, there is a plethora of information available that we can draw on. And one of our listeners had a question about something that you probably wouldn't think about every day. Thank you for the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. I'm really getting a lot out of it, including the questions that the follow-up questions that you asked, Thomas. My question is, are you able to see neurodiversity, such as autism and other issues, in the chart? And if so, how would it present? Thank you. Robert, I don't know. When I heard this question, it kind of stretched me. I thought, I wonder what he's going to say about that. So, please, <laughs> I'm curious. What are you going to say about this? Well, it's a great question. And certainly, if you are reading a natal horoscope, for example, health is bound to come into the picture at some point. You're going to want to discuss it. And health includes mental as well as physical and spiritual as well as physical health. So the the phrase that she used, I love, neurodiversity, neurodiversity. Uh, I think she was asking maybe about autism or Asperger's, or it could be borderline personality disorder or bipolarity or schizophrenia or paranoia, on and on. There are a lot of neurodiverse conditions and astrology can at least initially only point to the possibility or probability that a person may have to deal with such a condition the more that the astrologer knows about the differences between autism and Asperger's, let's say, or bipolarity and borderline personality disorder. And that's a very difficult thing to distinguish, those two, borderline and, and bipolarity. But the more familiar you are uh, with uh, the DSM, the, the, with mental illness or, or neurodiversity classifications, I think one of the keys with me has always been not to look at people with Asperger's or bipolarity as sick, it's a different neurological condition. That's all. It's, and it can be destructive. It can also be tremendously creative, or it can be both. But the problematic parts of it will always be shown by stress aspects to the third and ninth houses, secondarily to the sixth and twelfth houses, in other words, the cadent houses, then to Mercury in particular. So, for example, I uh, am, am, I was dealing with a client who happened to have uh, Asperger's and or autism at first. I think he mentioned, but then, but quickly admitted it's Asperger's. And in his chart, he has Mercury and an exact square to Pluto, which rules Pluto extremes, so that wherever you have Pluto, you are likely to experience extreme highs or lows in regards to those house matters. Mercury square Pluto, and, and get this, Pluto's in, in Virgo and Mercury's in Sag, so it's again the mutable science even, 
shows a an intense mental condition of stress. Now, that's about all it shows. It could, but it would, with someone like me, if you're interested in medical astrology, then you can immediately say, well, let me look. Mercury rules this man's health. It rules his sixth house with Gemini on it. So this Mercury rules his mental and his physical health. They're both tied together with this square to Pluto, which is intensified with Pluto. It's not, it's not a typical uh, mental stress condition. And quite often with Asperger's or even autism, a certain type of mental brilliance can present as well. So it's they're far from stupid. I really think of them more as just a an, a minority state of mental awareness. And it can be very problematical in the life, or it can be something that the person adapts to well or even gets treated for if they have associated behavioral issues with it. Uh, they can be treated and, and be very functioning. Other people, it can be incredibly dramatic. They can think of suicide. They're so, they feel so alienated. So it's a, a very interesting condition, but really all astrology can do is point you to those considerations in the horoscope to maybe ask about. It's very common. I'll be reading for a client that has children, and I'll look at that particular child in the chart. I just did this the other day and said, does she happen to have any something like dyslexia or a hearing or speech disorder? And the mother instantly said, oh, my God, we've been trying to figure this out for the last two years. Can you see what? Well, all right. Now you've got some information, confirmation that what you're seeing in the chart, you're on track here. And then if you, the more you know about a medical condition like we're talking about, the better able you are to maybe describe it and offer some suggestions to the medical doctors because you cannot, you cannot give med- medical diagnoses with astrology it's illegal (laughs) in i guess every state so you have to be very cautious and i never pretend to be a doctor and i'm certainly not going to contradict any doctor's advice ever but i will point out some things to look at and that's legitimate so i hope that makes sense thomas to this listener because i really appreciate her question well she also liked my questions so i'm going to ask one (laughs) a couple in fact Now, a point that I wanted to mention here, Robert, I didn't know this, but I learned it when I was doing this radio show that was sponsored by the medical community in Dallas-Fort Worth. We did a show with a child psychologist, and I didn't know, and I mentioned the term Asperger's. I I asked her the question, what's the difference between autism and Asperger's? And she said, well... We have redefined that term because the gentleman for which it was named, Asperger, was a black hat in the Nazi regime scientist. And they took a look at some of his history, and the medical community has made a decision to rebrand that. So now it is basically, broadly, the autism spectrum. And it includes everything that was part of the Asperger's definition. I didn't know that, but it's kind of cool, I think, that there is a sensitivity there to uh, terming it the best as possible, because we don't want to bring in any kind of unnecessarily negative comment or connotation, right, to a term. Absolutely right. The other thing that the medical community I learned from that show is doing is it's not that you're a diabetic, you're a person with diabetes. 
And you yep. think about that's a that's a totally different kind of common. You know, I have AFib. I, you know, I'm a person with AFib, but it really does kind of bring back the dignity of the person, because one day I plan not to have AFib. Um, well, that that's it. Yeah. You know, if you if you are going by a label like, oh, I'm I'm autistic, or I'm AFib. Then suddenly your whole identity just shifted over to identifying with what's wrong. Exactly. And you don't have and to do that. As opposed to, I have a fib, which is conceptually, metaphysically, archetypally saying, I own a fib. And that is a huge paradigm shift in how your body, mind, and soul responds to the condition and to the treatment of it. But this is true in the entire realm of psychology and psychiatry. The terminologies are forever in a state of fluctuation as we learn more and more about them. And it is much more accurate to say somebody is on a spectrum, that, which is very true. So, for example, in astrology, it's really impossible, uh, for the most part, for an astrologer to distinguish between autism, schizophrenia, bipolarity, borderline personality disorder, it, it really is. What you can do is see that somebody is likely to have some mental or neurodiverse issues, which implies both psychological and physiological. So those two are very much linked in these, these syndromes and these spectrums, the mind-body connection because hormonal or uh, endocrine or immune system imbalances can absolutely produce psychological and mental conditions and vice versa. So those things go hand in hand. So it's really unrealistic to expect astrology, like a doctor, for example, to diagnose specific shades on a spectrum. I know people wish it could do that, but this stuff is not uh, fatalistic in that way. And I don't know that people realize that enough. Certainly, we're all conditioned to behave certain ways, and those things show up in the horoscope, and so do biological conditionings. People are born into families with a history of heart disease, for example, or a history of cancer and so on. And it's good to know about that history. Your own chart may not show much of a likelihood of getting cancer or heart disease, but it may be there in the background. So it's at least it's something good that you to know that you have or potentially have, and then you can own it. You can pay attention to it. I knew from when I first got into astrology, I was prone to diabetes. And finally, at, uh, I guess, about age 65, I got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And, of course, I promptly lost some weight and watched my diet and lost a bunch of pounds and have kept all that off, and I don't have diabetes anymore. But at least I knew about it very young. Yeah, exactly. Then you can make the alterations. All right, so let's practice one more. The chart that was previously mentioned is in the show notes. Let's do one other. So this was from some parents of a younger child, and they would like to, they were asking basically similar kind of things. So what do you see in this chart along that same line? Yeah, the very first thing that you see, because you look at the ascendant, I always do, what's the degree of the ascendant, what's the sign of it? Because the ascendant is the description of the life. 
It's why they are here, why a person is here. And in this case, you have Gemini, the mind, the communications, the synapses, the nerves, the arms, the limbs, the visual, auditory, cranial complex, Mercury. It's all about connectingness, Gemini. Connecting this to that, me to there, going here, going there, making connections. Even in the brain, it's the synapses, and Mercury rules this life. Second of all, that's in the um, Pisces decanate of Gemini. And Pisces is an archetype of both uh, confusion, as we all know. It can also be incredibly inspired and brilliant. Einstein was a Pisces. He explored the intellect, astrophysics, further than anybody had, until maybe Stephen Hawking. Now, Einstein's personal life was a mess, which is typical when you've got a double sign like Pisces, especially. So this person is born with a confused and potentially inspired and tremendously creative and even gifted kind of mentality. And Mercury, which rules this life for this person, rules the Gemini Ascendant, is elevated in the ninth house of higher learning, higher knowledge, all of that. Spirituality, metaphysics, uh, conjunct the midheaven, the, the ego point. It's in Pisces. Pisces is a double sign. Sorrow and loss are always connected with it to some extent. So is joy and ecstasy. It's, it's two fish swimming in opposite directions tethered together. And that describes this person's mentality. Fortunately, this person has Mercury sextile, Uranus, in Taurus, a physical sign, the body, Taurus, physical. Mercury is sextile at Mercury is in Pisces here. So you've got an inclination, a suggestion that the glandular and autoimmune system is involved here. This is absolutely likely to lead to either a, a condition like we've been talking about, maybe autism. More likely, though, uh, dyslexia is certainly a possibility here. So are auditory and speech communications difficulties, which the person can learn, not only learn, but actually learn to excel at in this life. One of the best astrologers I ever knew, who will remain nameless, but nonetheless, everybody knows him, uh, in private life, had a really maddening stutter, but never in public. <laughs> when he spoke, it was barely there. And it was so interesting to me to see the difference. And he happened to be a Gemini. Here we go with communications. These archetypes, everybody has them. And they are all arranged differently for everybody, which is why one case of any condition, heart disease, uh, autism, is not going to be the same as somebody else's. This is why people can go to the doctor, be diagnosed with exactly the same cancer, receive exactly the same treatment. One of them doesn't make it. The other one has a full recovery. Why? If you look at the horoscopes, you can see exactly why. So this stuff is a fascinating tool for estimating the prognosis of treatments and care. So you know that this person is likely to have some of these issues early on, especially Mercury in this chart is at three degrees. 
So at three degrees, you, because of this sextile with Uranus, Uranus ruling, breakthroughs, uh, technology, science, all of that, it's in Taurus, which has to do very often with the vo voice and hearing, music, hearing, speech. So that around age three, there should be some kind of a breakthrough in this condition. That prognosis looks good, but you begin to see, I mean, that's not the only place you can see this. You can go into their sixth house. Yeah, go there. And you can see Mars and Sagittarius. Here we go again with the mutable signs. And Mars is absolutely action. It can be also agitation when it's in a square aspect, which it is. Mars squares this Venus here, in again, in Pisces. So the area, the love life and the money life, as this person grows up, are likely to be fraught with some issues and some instabilities, more than one of each and so on, more than one marriage, et cetera, et cetera. But what it does show is a conflict between the person, even as an infant, a newborn person, a conflict between this person's values, Venus, and their actions, Sag. This can show a conflict between the parents that is unconscious so that pleasing one parent could unconsciously displease the other parent so that the child this child would never know how to behave because no matter what i do i'm very aware because i'm very sensitive that it's angering the other person so this is probably an in, indicative of parents who at some level are competitive with each other but it, it sets up this lifelong conflict between how i act and what i want to do and my visions for myself versus my values so this is going to be somebody who's probably born into an environment where they are expected and even pushed and nudged to excel in a certain field that would very much please their parents. Meanwhile, they want to go off and join the circus so that there's that conflict between what I want and what I know they want for me. But this person's got a lot of trines and sextiles here, uh, which are very favorable for ultimately outgrowing or, or successfully treating any of these kinds of conditions. Do you know, more, know any more than that about what, what this person has? No, no, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, so, you know, Pisces is a, a sign of mystery, and there's Neptune involved with that Mercury as well. Mercury, Midheaven, and, Mer and Mercury, Midheaven, and Neptune are all together in the ninth house in Pisces. And in classic astrology, when you have Neptune or Pisces afflictions involved in health, it is often indicative of very difficult to diagnose conditions. And that often happens when you have autoimmune diseases because the effects of them can affect remote parts, seemingly remote and separate parts of the body. And it's very difficult to figure out what's going on until you realize, it, wait a minute, it's the whole immune system. So these are the kinds of guideposts that you get from a horoscope. Excellent. That's great. And wow, you took off with that one, my friend. Thank you very much. And for uh, our listener who asked the question, and then for the folks who submitted this chart, we hope that that helps. And if you'd like to connect with Robert, maybe you have a similar type question about your child. You'd like to sit with the charts. You can do that. His information is in the show notes, along with the link to how you find out more about the horary class, 
our Discord channel, the book club. We've got a lot going on here. It's all outlined in our show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time on Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast with Robert Glasscock.